Uh, Psalm 13, starting at verse 1, says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide my, thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemy say, I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. And I said a very short psalm, uh, very simply uh, written, but uh, when you back back up to the first two verses, and the first thing I'd like to point out uh, is there's, there's three different things that are, that are addressed in this psalm. Uh, the first two verses, we see, we see mourning. We see mourning from, uh, from David, from the writer. Uh, verses 3 and 4, we see prayer. In verses 5 and 6, we see praise. So we have three different things here, each one of them having two verses attributed to those, uh, uh, those uh, three different things. And all those things fall in order. But the first two verses again, he says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? For, uh, how long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? And folks, uh, it's not necessarily that Almighty God had forgotten David. We have, uh, we, we know the scripture well. It's quoted often that the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. Uh, Jesus Christ said that himself. He said that he would go with us always, even to the end of the world. We have these promises in scripture. Uh, one that we, another one that we find in the Bible is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he made those promises back when he walked with the disciples, back when he was resurrected, uh, folks, uh, those the promises have not changed one bit. They haven't changed one iota in the eyes of God. But however, in the minds of men, those promises, they seem, they seem to uh, grow weak. Or, uh, when our faith grows weak, those promises seem to be weak. But my God is not a weakling, and my God does not make promises that that he cannot keep. When he says he will be with us always, he will be with us always. When the Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Folks, my God will not lie. He cannot lie. Folks, the Bible says to let God be true and every man a liar. My God is true to his word. The psalmist here, though, David, he asked the question, how long, how long are you going to keep your face hidden from me? How long are these things going to, going to take place in my life? Whatever it was that David was facing, whatever it was that was trying him, whatever it was that was, that was diving in and, and ruining his patience, Almighty God had a plan for it. I can assure you of that. If you look at the book of Job, you see Job, hey, when the first things happen, 
happened in Job's life and when he lost his family, he lost all of his livestock, lost everything that he had. He seemed to take that very well. He seemed to practice good patience. But when his friends came in and they started trying and, and it went on and on and on, Job, he started to slide just a little bit. Job, he started to go back just a little bit, started to sway just a little bit. Folks, and sometimes it is not the trial that we face, but the length of the trial that we face. How many of us have prayed for months, prayed for maybe years, the same prayer, and God still has not come through? My God hears my prayers, regardless if He answers the same day, the same week, or the same decade. My God hears, and He will answer. David here, this is the same David that made the covenant or that God made a covenant with. Yeah. He made a covenant with him. He said he said he was gonna he was gonna have a king come from David's seed. He said he said there would be a king come from his loins. He said the deliverer of Israel was gonna come from David, from his royal bloodline. Now folks, that was, that king was not Solomon, and that king was not Absalom, and it was not any of any of uh, uh, David's other children. It wasn't uh, any of his grandchildren nothing along those lines that king was King Jesus he was the one that was promised to come why do we see in the gospels these people referring to him as the son of David it's because they knew that he was the promised one they knew that he was the Messiah even demons in the New Testament referred to Jesus Christ as the son of David they knew that he was the seed. Yeah. The psalmist here yeah. says, How long? How long, Lord? Mm -hmm. How long wilt thou forget me? The Lord forget. The Lord forget. How many of you has ever felt like the Lord's forgotten you? How many of you has ever felt like the Lord was nowhere? He wasn't even a blue billion miles uh, close to you or within that distance. Folks, I've been there and you have too. All of us have been in that boat. It don't matter if you've been saved for a day or saved for 15 years. All of us have felt that way. But my God, He lives within me. The kingdom of God is set up in me. And when God saved my unworthy soul, He moved in. He cleaned house. The Holy Ghost abides within me now. That's how close my God is. I have no reason to say how long before you uh, before you don't hide your face from me anymore. How long before you show me yourself? Hey, folks, the Bible says that no man can look upon God and live. It's mercy that we don't physically see the presence of God. It's mercy that we don't have that. But we know we have His presence with us. Amen. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Folks, how long? <clears throat> this can go on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. How long am I going to suffer? How long am I going to mourn this? How long am I going to have this sickness? How long am I going to have these financial problems? 
How long will all these things be in my life? Folks, that list could go on and on and on. But my God is there and He has a purpose for however short of a trial that we face or however long of a trial that we face. My God has a purpose for that. And His purpose far outweighs my desires for that trial to end as soon as possible. His purpose in that is likely to teach me patience, to teach me to trust in Him just a little bit more, maybe to teach me to pray a little bit more fervently. I don't know what His purpose is in every trial that comes my way, but I do know that He has a purpose and I praise God that His purposes outweigh my own desires. My God, my God, the Bible says how long shall my enemy be exalted over me? What is our enemy? Well, Satan, for one, he's, he's at the very top of the list. Oh, yeah. Satan hates the children of God. Mm-hmm. Satan hates the world, and they don't even care that he hates them. No. Satan hates everybody and everything. Anything that God created, I promise you, Satan cannot stand it. So he's at the top of the list. But our enemy could be in that list that we just named off. It could be sickness. It could be it could be financial problems. It could be mourning the loss of a loved one. It could be so many different things our enemy could. And sometimes we feel like that enemy has been exalted above our head, been exalted, uh, been exalted so far above us that we can in no way climb out of the pit that we are in. That enemy standing over top of that pit, looking down at us, laughing at our situation, laughing at our grievances, laughing at our sickness, laughing at whatever it is and he stands above us but my God I promise you stands above where the enemy is he sits above where the enemy is on his throne that he has never left my God will take care of that enemy one day after a while my God he will take care of these problems that we face one day for a born again Christian we will not face problems we will not face trials will not face suffering or any of these things my God will take care of those things. But sometimes it's the length of the trial Uh that drags us down. You look over in the Gospels, you can find it in several of the Gospels, including John. In John's Gospel, I believe it's chapter 6. It's right after thousands of people are fed. It says the disciples, they filed into a boat. Mm -hmm. They filed into a little ship. And they set off across the sea towards Capernaum. They set off, set off across the lake. Where was Jesus? He was up in the mountain praying. They filed in the boat. Now listen, in the other Gospels, I believe it's Matthew's account. It says Jesus told them to get in that ship and told them to go on. He'd meet up with them later. But in John's account, that's, that's not brought up. It just says they got into the ship and they took off. And it says that it became dark and he still wasn't with them. So it became dark, and the winds the wind started to rise up. The storm started to blow up. Started to blow up. And folks, the Bible says that they had rowed twenty five or thirty furlongs out into that water. Folks, I know we don't use that terminology in today's modern English, but a furlong is about six hundred and sixty feet. They had rowed about twenty five to thirty furlongs out. Of, folks, that'd be somewhere between three and four miles out 
out in the middle of that water they had gotten. But yet Jesus still wasn't with them. Jesus saw them though. Jesus sometimes, He will let us row just a little while. And He'll let us row in the storms. He'll let us row in the rain and row in the wind. Not because He's disgusted with us. Not because He's disappointed. But it's to try our faith. It's to teach us patience. It's to teach us prayer. Hey folks, when the gold goes into the goes into the refiner's fire, the longer the gold is in there, the more dross can be taken off of the top. The longer we are in the fire, the more impurities that God can get off of us. God has a purpose for whatever trials, whether they be long, whether they be short. Let God have His will in your life to refine you, to purify you, and to make you more into the image of His Son. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Consider and hear me. Into the prayer portions of Psalm six, Psalm thirteen. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Consider and hear me. Listen, when. This song first started. He's addressing God. He says, how long ago, Lord? I mean, you can't address anybody else when you call him Lord like that. He says, how long? How long? But here, it's changed. His prayer has changed. It's changed from murmuring. And it's changed from complaining about his situation. And folks, we're all guilty of that. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. We'll find ourselves in a trial, find ourselves in a bad circumstance, and the first finger we want to point is at Almighty God for putting us there. At God Almighty for allowing us to be there. And we'll point our finger at God and we'll say, uh, why me? Hey, the psalmist was pretty much saying this in the first two, uh, two verses of this scripture, saying, why me, Lord? Why have you turned your face from me? Why can't I feel you? Why you know where to be found but here in these middle two verses he, he begins on a whole different note he says consider and hear me O Lord my God lighten mine eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death he says consider and hear me folks it's not so much what he says there as the next line oh Lord my God even though he found himself in turmoil even though he found himself in bad circumstances he still knew who his God was and he could still refer to him as the Lord his God. He could still refer to Jehovah God as his own. Folks, we are the same way. It doesn't matter how much we face, how little we face, how long, how short, or anything else. The Lord God is still my God. He is the God of gods and beside him there is no other and he blessed God is mine. And I can call yeah. on them. Yeah. I can call on all my trials. Uh -huh. I can call on them in my heartaches. Yeah. And you know what? I can praise him when he blesses me. Amen. I can praise him when he blesses me. Just as much as I can call on him when I'm in trouble. I can praise, folks, <coughs> again, <coughs> when we consider the length of trials here. We can look at this as saved people. We can also look at that as a lost, lost person. Folks, I went 33 years before God saved me. 
I was, I was in trial that whole time and didn't even know it. I was in trial. I was being tempted left and right. I was against God. And yet though, yet now I couldn't call him the Lord my God at that point. He wasn't the Lord my God at that point. He was still Lord. Don't you get me wrong. He's Lord over everybody. Whether they're saved or whether they're lost. He is the Lord over this universe. Whether the universe accepts it or not. Whether the lost sinner accepts it or not. God is God. He he is Lord. He is sovereign. And no one is able to take those titles from him. Amen. He is Lord. Yes. But 33 years, mm -hmm. I was out on that water like him disciple. 33 years, I was out there and he hadn't come. Yeah. But one day he showed up. John 6, that's when he comes walking on the water. Now, John 6 ain't quite as dramatic as Matthew's account is. Because John 6, it says that the disciples just received him into the boat. Yeah. They don't have Peter's uh, Peter walking on the water with the Lord Jesus in John's account. But regardless, regardless, they were out on that lake. They were, like I said, three to four miles out. Three to four miles out in the middle of a body of water in the middle of the night. The Gospels say it was the fourth watch of the night when Jesus came to them. Folks, that was early morning hours. That was very early morning hours that Jesus finally came. But the point is, Jesus finally came. Hey, in the other Gospel, it says that he saw them toiling and they're rowing. He saw what they were going through. He saw how hard they were working. The Bible says that the wind was contrary to them. Hey, folks, the, the temptation and the trials of this world will be contrary to you because you are a child of God. But God sees us toiling in that ruin. He sees how hard we're working against that and God will show up in just the right amount of time to do what He needs to do. Amen. That's a promise. Yeah, amen. I promise you my God will show up exactly what He needs to. Consider and here be, O Lord, God, my God, lighten, lighten mine eyes. This can be taken one of two different ways. Lighten mine eyes, it says, lest I sleep the sleep of death. But lighten mine eyes, that could mean make my eyelids lighter. I don't think that's what he was getting at, though. Lighten mine eyes. What is God? My Bible says God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. It says, lighten mine eyes, folks. Whenever we get in a situation like in the first two verses of this song, whenever we feel like our trial is never going to end, whenever we feel like the demons are never going to let up, how's it going to make us feel? It's going to make us feel like we're walking around in darkness. It's going to make us feel like there's no hope to ever see light again. But here in, the, in this uh, verse of prayer here, the, the, the psalmist says, he says, lighten mine eyes. Hey, let some light in here so that I can see you as my God. Let some light in here so that I can see where you're taking me through this. What does the Bible say in Psalms 119? It says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God will light our path. The word of God will be a lamp to our feet. It will light our way. Folks, it'll help us in those darkest of times. This word of God is for you and for me, not as a shelf piece but for us to read and to study and get closer to God Amen. that we can have some more light in our life mm -hmm. light in my eyes yeah. consider and hear me oh Lord my God 
Lighten mine eyes, lest I should sleep the sleep of death. Mm. Lest mine enemy say, I prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice yeah. when I move. This sounds a lot like what Moses says over in the book of Exodus. Mm -hmm. God got fed up with the Israelites. Got fed up with them murmuring, complaining, exactly what was going on in the first two verses of this psalm. Murmuring and complaining. God got fed up with those Israelites, though. And he said, that's it. I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to get rid of them. And I'll start somebody. I'll start a whole new nation with you, Moses. What did Moses say? What will the surrounding nations think? What, what, what will these pagans and these heathens around us think if you brought your chosen people out into the wilderness just to let them die? What would they think? Now listen, folks, that didn't catch God by surprise. God knew what he was going to say. He knew what Moses was going to say. And he knew how he was going to respond to what Moses said. Ain't none of it caught God by surprise. Amen. But here in this psalm it says, Lest mine enemies say, I prevail against him. Folks, I'm a child of God. The enemy will not prevail against me. I preached this morning from Matthew 16. And then that verse where uh, Peter makes the exclamation, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus goes on to say, that yes you've said well Simon Barjona and flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you but the father which is in heaven he's the one that revealed it to you hey God is the one that reveals things God is light he's the one that's got to show that light but folks hey when after Jesus said that unto Peter what did he say upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail I being a child of God the gates of hell cannot and will not prevail against me unless my enemy should say he has prevailed, he is overtaken by God will not allow that to happen to his children praise God Amen. my God's got me yeah. he's got me <laughs> praise God Amen. praise God, lest my enemy say I prevailed against him. and those that trouble me rejoice when I move, folks Demons will rejoice. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Satan will rejoice when they move us, when they stir us, mm -hmm. when they cloud us up in that darkness I was talking yeah. about just a little while ago. They'll rejoice over that. That's all they got to rejoice about, though, mm -hmm. is that they discouraged us. How does this, how's the first two verses of this sound? Sounds like David was discouraged. Oh, yeah. so, even though he knew God, and even though God had made covenant with him, even though God had made promises to him, he was still discouraged. Folks, I've got promises in this Bible. You've got promises if you're a born again child of God in this Bible. We've all got promises. There is nothing for us to be discouraged about. There is certainly no reason to think that an omniscient God is in danger of forgetting about me. Amen. Isaiah 49. <clears throat> Isaiah 49 says that Zion felt like God had forsaken us. Said the Lord has forsaken us. Yeah. Well, how does how does God respond to that? He said, "Could a sucking or could a mother forget her sucking child? Could she forget him and not have compassion on the son of her womb?" 
And he goes on to tell Zion. He says, he says, I have you graven in the palms of my hands. I have you graven. Hey, hey, folks, I understand that was written to a bunch of Jews. I understand that. But, folks, hey, my God's not going to forget me anymore. He will those Jews that he made that promise to in the book of Isaiah. My God will not forget me. He cannot forget me. It is impossible for him to do so. My God has got me. That's all I have hope in. That's all I have faith in is that I got saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and the Almighty God is keeping me. He is holding me. He's got me on the path and He will not let me go. Hallelujah. But I have trusted in Thy mercy. Now we get to the praise. Praise God. (laughs) I have trusted in Thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in Thy salvation. Mm -hmm. I will sing unto the Lord because He hath dealt bountifully with me. So, we have mourning Verses 1 and 2, we have prayer. Verses 3 and 4, now we have praise. I have trusted. I have trusted. I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. In thy, not mine, but in thy God's salvation. I shall rejoice in thy salvation. Folks, salvation is not of us. And it can never be of us. And it doesn't matter what kind of what kind of walk that we have, doesn't matter what kind of deeds that we have, salvation is not and has never been of man. Uh-uh. It has never been of man. It has always been of God. The Bible says that. The Bible teaches that salvation is of the Lord and that the Lord is salvation. It is not of me. It's never been of me and it cannot be of me. No preacher is able to save. No teacher is able to save. No deacons able to save. No lay members. No one is able to save. The Pope ain't able to save. And bless God, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is not able to save. Only Jesus Christ the fruit of her womb is the one that is able to save. Only his shed blood is the one that washes away all sin. That is the only one that is able to save or has ever been able to do so. Amen. Don't let the world tell you otherwise. Yeah. I have trusted in thy mercy. He's trusted in thy mercy and God's mercy. <clears throat> the Bible gives us warning not to trust in princes. Not to trust in men in general, but to trust in God. He says, I've trusted in thy mercy. Folks, God is mercy. God's all kinds of things, and mercy's one of them. God is mercy. He's the epitome. uh, He's the epitome of what mercy is. He showed mercy in the death of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. That was the greatest show of mercy that the world has ever known, that the world has ever seen. And people will look at that picture and they'll see that bloody pulp that was hanging there on the cross. That is my Savior. And they'll look at that and they'll say, how was that merciful? Folks, it wasn't merciful to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ took the punishment for sin that you deserve and that I deserve. I deserve to be whipped. I deserve to be beaten. I deserve to have my beard plucked out. I deserve everything that Jesus Christ got, but Jesus Christ took it upon himself so that I would not have to. That's mercy. That's mercy. says, I I have trusted in thy mercy. Now keep in mind, this is David. This is a thousand years before Jesus Christ was born. But yet, he understands that God is his only way of mercy mm-hmm. and his only way of salvation. I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart 
shall rejoice in thy salvation because of his mercy shown through Jesus Christ. Shown through Jesus Christ, we can rejoice in his salvation because of his, God's mercy. We can rejoice in his, God's salvation. Uh, folks, it's not our mercy. And it's, it's, it's no man alive's mercy. It's no man dead mercy. It's none of those things. The only man dead has been resurrected that has anything to do with mercy. Mercy, And he lives forever at the Father's right hand making intercession for you and I. And that is just an extension of the mercy of God. Amen. I have trusted in yeah. that mercy, folks. That's what we got to do. Mm -hmm. Through these trials, through verses 1 and 2, we trust in the mercy of God. We trust that those trials won't last forever. Yeah. Hey, those disciples, they were out there on that lake. They were out there in the middle of the night, in the wee morning hours, and he still hadn't come. But mercy made its way across the water. Oh, yeah. Mercy made its way to where the disciples were. And people say, hey, that was disciples. Uh, yeah, that, was his, that was his hand-picked crew that he went out there. Folks, we are his hand-picked crew. I don't know if you've ever read uh, the terms in Scripture, what the elect is. But we are the elect of God. If you're a saved, born-again child of God, you are the elect. You are the ones that receive his mercy. You're the ones that receive his grace. Folks, we are the the elect of God and it's in it's through his mercy that we can rejoice in his salvation but it took that mercy first it took God being merciful to us but being cruel and bruising his own son on the cross at Calvary before we can rejoice in his salvation but now we can rejoice now we can rejoice because we received that salvation because of the mercy shown and what does that lead to it leads to praise. Yeah. Verse 6, I will sing unto the Lord mm -hmm. because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Now, folks, pay attention. Pay attention. Read verse 1 again. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? Then read verse 6. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. We've gone from questioning if God was even with us to saying I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. We've gone from doubting that God was even with us. The psalmist had. He had gone from doubting that God was anywhere near him. That God had done turned his back, turned his face, left him for dead. And in, in just a few verses, in just a few verses, we read, I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Folks, what did it take for him to get there, though? It took verses 4, and or verses 3, and verses 4. It took some, some fervent prayer unto God. It took some, some prayer unto the Maker. It took some petitioning unto God who was able to answer those prayers but once those prayers got answered and once David remembered the mercy that he had trusted in he remembered then that he could rejoice in the salvation and that caused him to praise God in song because that was God's bountiful dealing with his servant mm -hmm. and it's no different for the church now absolutely no different for the church all those get burdened down all of us have problems. Mm -hmm. All of us have issues. Right. Now listen, some of them, 
Some of them are self-inflicted too. Mm -hmm. We get ourselves into a lot of messes. Oh yeah. And I, I ain't immune to that. <laughs> I've gotten myself in a, in more than I can probably count since I've been saved. Yeah. Certainly did a lot before I got saved, but mm -hmm. since I've been saved, I've gotten myself in some jams. Yeah. And folks, that doesn't mean God turns his back on me. That doesn't give me any right to look up to the heaven and say, as the psalmist did here, how long wilt thou forget me, O oh Lord? God didn't forget me. Maybe I just went straying a little bit to the left. Maybe I went straying a little bit to the right. Maybe, though, it was neither of those. Maybe it is God saying, you have told me to make me more and more into the image of my son. Now I'm going to do it. Now I'm going to mold you. Now you're going in that melting pot. You're going in that, that refiner's fire. And I got to heat you up for that to happen. You're going up on that potter's wheel. And that clay uh, that clay that you're made out of, I'm going to have to form it. That means I'm going to have to squeeze it. I'm going to have to get the air bubbles out of it. I'm going to have to run my hands up and down. And hey, if I ain't satisfied with the end result, I'm going to smash it down. And I'm going to build you right back up again. Folks, that is how those things work. It is no different for a, a, the life of a Christian the life of a child of God is no different. We pray these things all the time. Lord God, lead God and direct me. God, make me more in the image of Jesus Christ. Lord, make me a better Christian. And if we're asking God to do those things, when He starts to refine us, when He starts to scrape the dross off the top, when He starts to mold us on the wheel, we need to let Him. Amen. And not jump off the wheel. No. Not jump out of the pot. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. But folks, once again, the psalmist here, it wasn't the trial he was facing. It was the length uh -huh. of the trial that he was facing. It was the length of the trial that he was going through, whatever it was. Now listen, <coughs> Saul chased David for a long time. Mm -hmm. Saul wanted David dead. Oh, yeah. Saul and his army... David and his 600 men, but God still come through with David. Why was that? Because David was God's chosen. Amen. Saul was not. Nope. Saul, now people will say, God, God made Saul king. He did. Yeah. He gave Israel a king. When they whined and complained, said, we want a king like all these nations around us. But the Bible says he gave him that king in anger. He gave him that king in his fury. He gave him that king in his discontent with how they were acting. Saul was not the chosen one of God. David was. And David saw all these things. And he saw Saul coming after him. Hey, Saul tried to, tried to kill him. David had two opportunities in the scripture. He could have killed Saul. But he said, I won't touch the Lord's anointing. Yeah, God had put him in that position. But God had anointed David as king over Israel. Amen. And after that second time, Saul even acknowledged that. Yeah. He said, he said, surely you are, you are the Lord's anointing. You are the one to be king over Israel. Not me, but that's a whole other sermon. I will sing unto the Lord. 
because he has dealt bountifully with me. Folks, God has dealt more than bountifully with us. Yeah. If we're saved, he has dealt more than bountifully with us. Hey, if anybody's sitting in here lost tonight, he's still dealing bountifully with you because you ain't in hell right now. Amen. That's still bountiful dealings. That's still mercy that is, that is available. That's still a way of escape that's available. And that's still bountiful dealings from Almighty God that is still, uh, still there for the taking. But David here, after his morning and after his prayer, he saw reason to praise God. Yeah. Folks, all we need to do is look back at how many times God has delivered us. How many times has God opened the Red Sea for us in our own lives? How many lion's dens has God brought us up out of? How many of these trials and these temptations and these problems that we've had in our life has God made deliverance on? Why do we doubt for a second that He will continue to do so my God will not forget me my God is mine and I am his praise God Amen. so the last verse I will sing praise yeah. I will sing praise now folks who read that they'll say I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me folks who read that will say well I can't sing we said it just this morning make a joyful noise mm -hmm. I can't sing when my nose is in this kind of shape but that didn't stop me from doing it. And uh, there, there's, there's some people out there. Hey, I've heard people, y'all probably heard them too, in church services, couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. Yeah. Couldn't play a radio. Right. But they'll get up and they'll try and sing one of the hymns of Zion. And it's got more spirit in it than I've ever dreamed of having in my own singing. And it's some of the best singers that I've ever heard in my life. It's got more spirit. Why? Because they ain't worried about their voice. They, they've been through this morning in verses uh, 1 and 2. And they've been through the prayer in verses 3 and 4. And, they, and they've seen God answer those prayers. And they've moved on to 5 and 6 and to praising God. Regardless of who's around. Regardless of who says what. They'll still get up and they'll sing the song. They'll praise God. They'll lift up holy hands. Why? Because they have trusted in His mercy and they are rejoicing in His salvation. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes for any of us yeah. is to trust in His mercy that He showed us through Jesus Christ and to rejoice in His salvation that He has imparted unto us through Jesus Christ. And we can sing praises unto the Lord. Because through Jesus Christ, folks, it's all through Jesus Christ. It is all through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, he has dealt bountifully with us. Folks, it's a whole lot better than how he could have dealt with us. In fact, it's a whole lot better than how he should have dealt with us. If, if you're honest with yourself, and I'm honest with myself, I deserve hell. And you do too. And you're not the only ones either. Your children deserve it. Your parents deserve it. Your brothers and sisters deserve it. We all deserve it. But because we can rejoice in the salvation of the Lord. What is salvation? That's, that's, that's saving us. That's, that's saving us and keeping us. That's, that's God imparting something to us by grace. By grace that we don't deserve. And by, and through, and by His mercy, we don't deserve those things. So he has dealt bountifully with us. Therefore, we can sing unto him. 